Listening Dog Media. World Premier Plays, exclusive to the pod play. The year is 1978 to 79, Wigan. It's the early hours of the morning as Mick Henderson sits on a lonely street trying to catch a lift of the rare traffic. Funny, isn't it? You ever walk out your house and think, this is the last time I'll walk through this door. Last time I'll close the gate. The last time you promised your dad you'd be back by 10. Never got a chance to pack my best tank tops. And what about my buzzcocks tape? My dad'll probably just throw it out. Then again, when he finds out about this, what I've done, I think I'll probably throw everything out. A whole lot. Ever fallen in love with someone you shouldn't have fallen in love with? Ironic, really. Mick Henderson, a young working class lad, now perched against a cobblestone wall in the outskirts of Wigan. He clings to the bottom of his sleeves as the hairs on his neck rise high, the fresh Lancashire night sky is hitting his face. He takes a breath and thinks to himself, It ain't love. It weren't love. I don't think so, anyway. I don't know much about that sort of stuff. Sandra Hannock sent me a Valentine's Day card once. That's as close as it ever came to love. I weren't supposed to know it was from her mind. It was a secret admirer, a future companion, it said in the card. That's how I knew it was her like. I don't think anyone else in my class could spell the word companion. She's off to college next year, you know? One of the chosen few. <laughs> me? I managed to get my name down for the pits. Well, I was bored tonight, eh? Suddenly, he stops. Two bright lights skating towards him. It's a car. He puts his arm out, but the car races on. Bloody hell. I had my last exam this morning. What a bag of shit that was. I'm not thick all out like Tony. Tony too sounds we call him. My best mate. Both brought up on the same estate. Always going on fields near ours. We never finished building that swing to get across the brook. And football. Oh, we love football. Penalty shootouts. England versus Germany. We'd always toss a coin to see who would have to be Germany. Tony always lost. <laughs> That's where I saw my dad I was going tonight. Playing footy with Tony. Thing is... We always pretend we're older than we actually are. Talking about booze and drugs and sex. But really, all he actually wanted to do was just have a kick about. It's the thing, though. After this morning, we get thrown straight into adulthood. No more making dens. No more spending all my money on penny chews. I'm a man of the house now. A provider for the family. Breadwinner. My dad spent months in the job centre doing odd jobs around our state for bugger all, just so we could pay for the lucky. He'd never borrow any money off anyone, no, he's far too proud, and because, you know, no one else has money to borrow. Eventually, he got a job down with the miners. I'm always skinned, but not today, because it turns out I knew me and Tony would be going to the pub tonight. So, a few notes out of my dad's wallet, which now are going to come in handy, I guess. Well, for a couple of days, anyway. I know I look like a right little shit nicking all my money from my dad's wallet. But I didn't know how much I'd need for the pub. Tony promised me it would be the best night of our lives, our first taste of freedom, even if that did mean lying to the fella behind the bar about our age. Didn't spend much of it. In fact, none at all. Just a couple of quid to get on the bus. Need it more than ever now. Don't know where I'm going to go. How long I've got till they find me. Been walking for miles. I was thinking Brighton. 
Yeah, it's nice around there, you know. Someone like me. It's quite a way off as well, so no one will recognise me. Only problem is, I don't have to get there. <laughs> I don't even know where Brighton is. Person ever got to is Blackpool. And now I'm planning on to go to the other side of the country just because of one mistake. One stupid mistake. Only we stayed in that pub. Mick begins to think back to a few hours earlier, lingering around the pub doorway, too scared to go in on his own. Eventually, Tony arrives with a bright blue plastic bag. What have you got in there? Tony slowly opens the bag up. And what's in it? Condoms. A bag full of condoms. What the bloody hell have you got all them for, Tony? Skirt? Skirt? I don't think so, mate. Have you seen in there? It's full of old men. I mean, unless you're that desperate. He was. Tony would hump anything with a pulse. That's all he talk about day after day, his conquest to lose his virginity at the ripe old age of 16. I'm not picky. I just want a girl who's nice, you know. Can have a laugh with and got massive tits. Back to the pub. Still peering through the gap in the door. It smells a bit in there, doesn't it, Tony? A bit like death. Tony laughs at Mick. Like this ain't the first time he's been in a pub either. And all he can say is... Don't worry. Follow me lead. He swings the door open and walks coolly to the bar. Hiya, mate. Two parts of your fire is treacle, please. The landlord looks down at him, stony-faced. Sweet shop closed, does it, mate? I'm afraid we don't sell treacle in here. Oh, uh, you misunderstood me. Uh, treacle's what, what what me and the lads use as slang for beer. Oh, yeah? And what do you use as slang for fuck-off? Oh, uh, I don't think we've come up with that one yet. We'll just have two cokes. He returns to their spot in the corner, red-faced, untriumphantly. They sit in silence, sipping on two corks. There's not much left to talk about nowadays, unless it's about football, of course. That's it, ain't it? You've got that mate you grow up with, and it's like you've just been thrown together. But really, as you get a year older each time, you realise you've less and less in common. Mick thinks Freddie Mercury is a pioneer of music, a legend. Tony thinks his mum still buys his clothes for him because his shirts are ten sizes too big for him. It's a bright light up against the pub window and the sound of an engine gurning. They couldn't believe what they saw. A bus parked up with a huge group of people surrounding it. They'd never seen people like them before. How they were dressed, how they walked, with haircuts that would make your granddad's blood boil. Mick couldn't stop staring at them, mesmerised. The Adidas bags over the shoulders, the flares and the shoes. Wow, the shoes, they were so shiny they could blind a man. You could hear a pin drop as they watched, watched them walk one by one, file to the bus. Silence. Until Tony yells. What a bunch of knobheads. They look right daft. Won't catch me dressing like that in public. Who the bloody hell are they? The landlord approaches. Wigan. It's the 2060 Wigan. They're all going to the casino. Gambling, aren't they? Well, it's not gambling they're going for. It's dancing they're going for. Dancing? What sort of dancing? You're asking me, kid. All I know is they're there all night. Don't come home till the morning. Northern soul, they call it. Apparently it's going to take over the world. Unless that Maggie Thatcher beats them to it, eh? 
In the meantime, Mick's eyes were glued to this bus. This was freedom. This was that night Tony talked about. He didn't know where it was going, but he wanted a seat on that bus. We should go. Yeah. Come on, Tony, this is it. Our first night out properly. Dancing. I know it's dancing, but surely anywhere's better than this show. And Tony, think about all the girls that'll be there. And without a moment's thought, he swiped his plastic bag from the table, bounced through the pub doors and straight onto the casino night bus. He's a funny one, Tony. Thinks he's a right Casanova. He ain't, of course. Remember Sandra Hancock from before? Geeky girl who sent Mick the Valentine's card. Yeah, well, he used to proper fancy her. Would follow her around the yard, leaving notes in a drawer. Poor Sandra were probably absolutely terrified. Problem is, though, her family are proper posh. Eat chicken out of basket types. And Tony, well, Tony keeps referring to his part-time job as a newspaper boy, as a career adventure. Aye, two different worlds. And God forbid you ever broke out of them. Nah, that ain't allowed. Not where these two lads were from anyway. So they get on the bus, sat side by side, huddled up together. And there was this buzz that was unlike any other. All as one counting down the miles to that final destination. The casino, the promised land, the chapel of music, dance and... It's fucking freezing on here. We never heard of it. At least close one of them pissing windows, selfish gets. What do you reckon, Mick? Mick! Mick didn't hear a word Tony said. Instead, all he could do was watch the lad sat a few seats in front of him, lean his cheeks out of the window and blow cigarette smoke upon the Lancashire skies. He were cool. Really bloody cool. The collar of his leather jacket rolled stiff up against the hairs on the back of his neck. His eyes, slowly watching the fellow passengers, lingered in different directions. Until they reached Mick. They shared a moment, a glance, a nod. Mick couldn't take his eyes off him, and he didn't know why. What does that knobhead want? And what's with that leather jacket? Looks like Danny Zukov, doesn't he? Then again, can't say I blame him, mind. <laughs> Bet he's a right score with the ladies. Knock it off, will you? Oh, someone's touch, eh? Sorry, precious. No, it's me. I'm, I'm just really cold. So am I. How far is Scotland? You what? How far is it? No, miles away. Why? Well, that's where we're going, isn't it? Wigan isn't in Scotland, you idiot. Is it not? All right, but Scotland's near Wigan, oh yeah. No, it's nowhere bloody near, you daft sod. Closer, Scotland or Wigan? Eventually, they made it. And what a sight it was. Mick looked up at the bright red light. The word, Casino Club, shone. It felt like it was 100 miles away from his rusty old town. The crowds crammed through the doors like borrowers in the wall holes, eager to get inside. If it was this amazing on the outside, imagine what it was like on the inside. We going in or what? They begin to make the way inside, but are stopped in their tracks by the bouncer. Not a chance. You what? You would. I've had shits that are older than you, pal. But I'm 27, me. Ah, good one, mate, and I'm 92. Now, clear it off, will you? Ain't it already past your bedtime? Come on, Tony. This isn't the last time you'll hear about this. Ah, I look forward to it, mate. Now, fuck off before I break your jaw. Start luck, eh? 
well, they weren't giving up so easily. Not a chance. They might not be the brightest of spanners, but they sure as shit knew how to get into places they shouldn't be. They wander around the building, eyes peels for their lucky way in. Now, round the back gate, trying to find a way, a window to sneak in through. I need a toilet, Mick. I can feel a tortoise coming out of the cell as we speak. Thankfully, to both Mick and Tone's delight, they found it. Bingo. After five minutes of arguing who was going in first, eventually Tony found himself peering through the window of the men's toilets, with Mick holding him up from below. No, just put your foot on there, Tony. On there! I can't piss in see! Just look where you're going, will you? Wait, 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 wait. I think I've got it. Your foot's on something. Yeah, that's my head. Oh, I was wondering why it felt so big. With one big push from Mick, Tony landed ass first on the toilet floor. He looks up as Mick climbs through and notices a young man stood, staring at him. It's the same lad from the bus. He looks at Mick, a moment too long for Tony's liking. What the hell? It's a bit shit in here, isn't it? Like, is this it? Because it's the toilets, Tony. Oh, are you? Yeah. Oh, it smelled a bit. Right. Well, I guess we're in. You reckon anyone will find us? Dan takes a step towards the pair. I doubt it. Nine here. Oh, he speaks. Up, oh, Tony. Hi, uh, I'm Mick. Dan. Oh, you been here before? Yeah, I'm here for most of the all-nighters. Oh, oh, that sounds cool. It's tonight an all-nighter. Hey. Nice one. How long are we on for? Well, all night. Cheers, pal. We've never been here before. <laughs> Could have fooled me. Their new friend Dan winks at Mick before leaving. What a tosser, eh? Nah, he's pretty cool. No, he weren't. He had makeup on. So what? It's early the 80s, Tony. Ah, yeah, well, no one's putting shit like that on my face. I've got allergies. Allergies to soap, maybe. And toothpaste. So will you? Listen, I ain't come all this way here to spend all night in a shitty toilet. So, are you coming or what? We're here now. We made it this far. Right, let's have it. They dart through the doors and were instantly mesmerised. It was like nothing they'd seen before. Gliding across the floor, kicking up a cloud of talcum, while the feet slid side by side. Arms spread wide, a point to the heart, a grab to the chest, a look up to the sky. The words meant so much to them, and it didn't matter who you were or what you did or what you looked like. In them two single claps, they were one, a unit, a machine that no one could ever fucking stop. Even Tony were getting into it. <laughs> what do you like, Mick? I picked it up in no time, Anna. <laughs> who knew it had a talent like this, eh? Yeah, it's fucking brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> it's brilliant. And that's just the ladies in here. What? I'm gonna piss him, boss, aren't I? What bag? My bag of love. Oh, can't believe it. Got some in here as well. I could smell the opportunity of sex right under my nose. Where? <laughs> well, I, I don't know, do I? Them toilets have plenty of space, I guess. I don't think it was the sex you could smell in them toilets, mate. Aye, well, I'll tell you what I can smell. A cheap bar. <laughs> Do you want anything? Nah, you're alright. Well, suit yourself. Look, if you can't find me, just 
just follow the gangs of women screaming my name. <laughs> Mick stayed in his spot, dancing away to the sound of Marlena Shaw, already dripping with sweat. He looked around the room, the music bellowing against the walls. It was turning his heartbeat up as far as it could possibly go. But then his heartbeat fucking stopped when he felt that hand on his shoulder. The bouncer. I told you when you made it, didn't I? Out. Now. He grabbed Mick by his collar and launched him back out onto the cold cobbles. You kids don't bloody listen. It's only flaming music, isn't it? It's not Tom Jones. Now stay out and don't come back until you've grown a couple of ears on your chinny chin chin. Come back in and a fist will be in your face. Have you got it? Yeah, got it. Prick. You what? Uh, nothing. Well, that was it, he thought. He were bollocks, stuck back outside in the pissing down, and Tony was still in there trying to get his way with anyone who even looked his way. When's the next bus? He can't leave Tony on his own, he thinks. He's as much use as a condom made out of soggy paper. Suddenly, Dan's silhouette appears from the alleyway. Mick jumps. Fancy seeing you again, on my bus, in the toilets, now outside while I'm trying to have a cig. Can't catch a break with you, can I? I'm not following you. <laughs> I never said you was, did I? So, uh, you've been kicked out as well? <laughs> no, just fancy the smoke. Want one? You're, you're alright, I don't, I don't smoke. <laughs> now was me thinking you were Keith Buddy Richards. I don't play the guitar. <laughs> Shame, you'd look good doing it. <laughs> no, not me. I'm not very musical. Got two left feet, aren't I? <laughs> not what I saw in there. You were watching me? Couldn't help myself. Mick watches the ash tumble off the tip of Dan's cigarette. He was like a film star. James Dean. It's only now he realises how cold it has been out back outside. He shivers. You cold? Dan wanders over to him and sits by his side. He takes his jacket off and puts it over Mick. They share a smile. So then, Mick, was it? Yeah. So then, Mick, how are you finding your first time at the casino? Dunno. Didn't last long, did it? <laughs> Well, you and your mate didn't do a great job at sneaking about, did you? Think James Bond can sleep easy tonight? What about the dancing? Did you enjoy that? I didn't really try it. It looks difficult. Well, just takes a bit of practice. You don't know until you don't try. Dan jumps up to his feet and puts his hand out to help Mick up. Come on. What? I'm going to teach you. Teach you how to dance. Oh, I don't know. I don't embarrass myself. Embarrass yourself. I just watch you get kicked out and land head first into a puddle. Eventually, he gave in, grabbing onto Dan's hand, ready to learn. He realised they're still holding hands, and Mick lets go sheepishly. Right, take a step back, feet a little more apart. Yeah, that's it. Perfect. Now, move your left foot, slide it to the side to side, and let your right foot follow. See, you've got it. Change direction now. Within no time at all, Mick had mastered the dancing. Dan was impressed, but Mick wasn't so sure. I don't know, I reckon it's like a right bath one. <laughs> Everyone in there just does it so much better. That's just because they've got music. So? So, you need the music. It, it's the emotion, the backbone, the beating pulse to any good dance. If you don't believe the words, then 
You ain't doing it right. Just listen to the snake, Al Wilson. He ain't singing about bloody snake, is he? He's singing about being played about, being screwed over. You can even hear it in his voice. It means every word he says. That's why them girls and boys in there dance the way they do, because they bloody mean it. Suddenly, an impulse strikes Mick. He grabs Dan and kisses him. He doesn't know why, but he likes it. The pair look at each other and laugh. Mick is bright red as Dan goes to light another cigarette. For a moment, it's bliss, like nothing else matters. Mick? Tony now appears, hovering a few steps back, confused. Shit. What the fuck were you doing? No, 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 no. Are you? Mick tries, but he just can't find the words. Tonight was meant to be about me and you, mate. The two musketeers, our, our last night. Our last night? Yeah, our, our final bow sort of thing. You're going to be off in mines. I'll be doing the papers. We ain't going to see each other no more, are we? That's why tonight meant so much to me. That, that's why I was acting all Billy Big Bollocks in the pub, because I wanted us to have one last blowout. You know what I mean? Oh, it's about getting girls. Of course it wasn't. Fuck girls. <laughs> well... You're doing a pretty good job already, aren't you? <laughs> I knew something weren't right, you know. The minute we were in there, something didn't smell right. That was probably the toilets. <laughs> Shut up, will ya? This has got nothing to do with you, has it? Just so stay out of it before I... Before you what? Before I... There's a moment of silence before Tony charges towards Dan, swinging fists in the air like a bloodthirsty vampire. He lands a punch before Mick grabs Tony. They tussle until Tony loses his footing. Mick seizes his opportunity and pushes him to the pavement. But Tony doesn't get up. He doesn't move an inch of his body. Lifeless. Oh. Tony, mate! Shit. Shit, Mick thinks. He goes to grab Tony, but before he can, Dan catches him. They look at each other. Dan fixes Mick up straight. Run. What? You've got to run, mate. Just go. I'll deal with this, all right? Mick runs and he doesn't look back. He navigates the Wigan streets like a lost child in a maze. Cobbles catch the soles of his feet as he plummets down alleyway to alleyway, wiping the tears from his eyes. Eventually, he stops. And now he's here, back at the start of our story. Mick Henderson, a young working-class lad, now perched against the cobblestone wall in the outskirts of Wigan. Oh, fucking mess you've got yourself into, eh? I'm a bloody idiot, I am. Don't know where to go, what to do. Tony, my best mate. Partner in crime, he's dead. It's all because of me. Not many people think this, but Tony. He had a lot going for him. Don't think he even realised it. Jonesy, the uh, fellow who runs the news agents Tony did the papers for, loved him. Took a real shine to him. One day, son, this place is going to be all yours. Both thought he was dicking about him. Well, Jonesy has a bit of a farm upstairs, a bit of a keen garden, if you know what I mean. So he's always been two pegs short of a washing line. But now I think back and I reckon he did mean it. Something about Tony. Honest. Decent. Always up for a good laugh. Past clown. 
when Mam left it, he was there for me. He burst into my room and started giggling away to himself. No wonder you depressed us into this shite. Bloody Commodores. <laughs> Come on, get up. Haven't you moping about in your room all day? Going to the park, and that's what we do. Go to the park, think I could all run, anything to keep my mind off it. Good mate, Tony. Real good mate. There you are. Mick jumps out of his skin as he realises Tony is stood beside him. Hell, Tony, what the bloody hell are you doing here? I thought you were dead. Dead? Come over, you silly bastard. You can't get rid of me that easy, eh? I was knocked out for a while, but I woke up to your mate, Dan, sat next to me. Mick jumps up and hugs Tony tight. Neither let go. Two best mates. <laughs> All right, Mick. Bloody hell. Soppy, ain't you? Not been listening to the Commodores again, have you? Just glad you're here, mate, that's all. Aye, me too. He's all right, that Dan, isn't he? He is, yeah. Tony reaches into his back pocket and pulls out a bus ticket. Yeah. He hands it over to Mick. On the back, there's a number. Dan's. Mick. It's all right. I don't care, you know. No matter what anyone else says, no matter what they do, I, I'll be here, mate. Right in your corner. You'll always be my best mate. Nothing had ever changed that. Just don't ask to talk to me about it because <laughs> I wouldn't have a bloody clue where to start. All you need to do is let me know who's saying out and I'll give him a whack. Give him a whack? I bloody knock you out. <laughs> knock it off, will you? You don't tell anyone about that, do you hear me? Are your secrets safe for me? So is yours, mate. Hey, at least your old man don't have to worry about you sneaking any girls up them stairs, eh? Yeah, I just thought I'd leave them all for you. They won't know what's hitting. It's one of the cheap aftershave and booze, I reckon. Tony turns to Mick. Yeah? We're still going to be mates, aren't we? You know, with me going into mines and that. I tell you what, you let me be England next time we play penalties, and you've got a deal. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Tony pushes himself up and stands in the road. Come on, fella. Let's go home. Yeah, let's go home. <laughs> Tony helps Mick up and dusts himself off. They laugh like they did all them years ago when they first met each other. The two musketeers, arms round each other's shoulders as they wander down the long, winding midnight street. Best mates together. Tony stops for a second and looks at Mick, confused. So where is closer? Wigan or Scotland? The end. World Premier Plays. Exclusive to the pod play.